Hello there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, June 14th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. Kyle Soppy produces and researches, and I am merely Eric Carabell driving today's bus. Fantasy Focus, Fantasy Focus Baseball, that's what the show is, is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, how are you? Vroom, vroom. <laughs> I just drove the bus right off the highway, apparently. <laughs> Oh, now I'm thinking of that Simpsons episode. Let's Wrong say Mo. <laughs> that was in the, the weird Simpsons era where they were doing Futurama and they couldn't write endings to shows. <laughs> you know, I never could get into The Simpsons. That other show, Family Guy. I was into that for a while. You got me into that. So I have you to play. Yep. Yep. I, I don't really watch it anymore. But um, Simpsons, I never really kind of got into. And now I don't watch anything on television, literally anything except sports. I can you, had to, you had to kind of get into Simpsons between 92 and 94. That would have been the prime time for it. You know, uh, I was like 30 eight. years before Kyle was born, you know. Yeah, I was only like eight then. So I don't know what you're talking about. And Kyle was, a, you know, a twinkle <laughs> in someone. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you want to talk about today. We didn't really discuss this pre-show. So, uh, you know, whatever you like, you know, what's on your mind today, Tristan? Who do you, who is, who would you like to discuss today in your fantasy baseball leagues? How are you doing in your leagues? Let's start with that. Cause you know, like everybody cares about this for some reason. It's are you winning your bag? Are you doing okay? It's a complete mixed bag. I'm out of last place in labor. Hmm. I'm happy La- for you're that. in labor AL. I'm in labor AL. That's the, the catastrophe injury team with the, you know, Mike Trout, Eloy Jimenez, and I lost another guy. I forget who it was. Oh, and Corey Kluber is one of my pitchers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's doing a little better now. So I'm moving up the standings. I'm in the middle and tout. Tout is kind of clustered together in Tout NL. So that's the 12 team NL league. Uh, I'm doing great in my home leagues. I'm leading Good. my points league. I, I'm second in my NL only. I am third in my AL only and three points back. So, you know, there's, it's a mixed bag, like I said. Do you have a lot of players on the same teams or did you kind of mix it up? Because we always talk about that in preseason. Like if you ha- have Trout on eight teams and then it mm-hmm. goes out for three months and you, you lose them on eight teams. So did you do a good job mixing and matching players? Or like I've got like Kyle Hendricks everywhere mm-hmm. and now it's okay. And I have Zach Davies in a lot of places and now it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, these are deeper leagues, not ESPN 10 team. But like what did you do with that? I actually spread around, and I didn't do it deliberately. It's just where the values felt. Um, I've got a lot of Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham was a guy that I was very big on, and I got him in almost every situation. I have more Dominic Smith than you would think I do, uh, considering our discussion in the preseason. People in my leagues were very down on him. And, and you know, it's not like he's done an awful lot for them so far this season, but I, I just ended up with a lot of shares, and I think he's going to improve down the road. A uh, good amount of Joe Musgrove. Musgrove, I've got a good number of shares. Freddie Peralta is probably the guy I have in the most teams. Freddie Peralta was my guy. You knew that in the preseason. Uh, And that's gone very well. Uh, How many leagues do you have Byron Buxton and Kenta Maeda in? So I let Byron Buxton go in my keeper league after all those years. I had him at a low price. I let him go. Brostat picked him up. So uh, And he's been complaining about him ever since. (laughs) I don't have a single share of Byron Buxton. Who's the other one? Maeda. So they're both coming back this week for the Twins, who obviously are not winning the yeah. World Series, as I predicted. But um, I'm wondering your thoughts here. Maeda getting Seattle and Texas, if he stays healthy, mm-hmm. Seattle today. And Buxton should have come off the injury list today or tomorrow. And also they're going to get uh, back uh, Max Kepler and Luisa Rise. So, you know, the mm-hmm. Cavalry's coming from Minnesota. It might be too late to get them to a 500 record, but it might not be. I mean, Washington did it a couple of years ago. But I just think it's interesting. Like, mm-hmm. what you see of the Twins right now, everybody's talking about Nick Gordon. Nick Gordon's not even going to play this week. Like, it's all about Buxton, Maeda. If you had Buxton on a team right now, would you try to trade him away before he returns, knowing – I say knowing, but I don't know – knowing most likely he's not going to avoid another injury or injury list stint the rest of the season? Or would you say, oh, I can't wait to get him back. He's going to be awesome and save my team. He and Maeda, what do you do here? I, I lean towards trade with Buxton. We'll, we'll address him first. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to do it today until the player comes back and does something meaningful, shows that he's performing at the high level that he was at before the injured list. stand. I don't think you're going to get a trade partner. So what I'll say to those people who have Buxton is if he is activated for the Monday game, it's a lot of left-handed pitching they're going to face and a lot of weak pitching they're going to face. Uh, thin bullpens. We know Texas with the Ian Kennedy injury. <laughs> Their bullpen's a little bit up in the air as to rolls. Uh, I, I think he could start pretty hot. So in other words, I would I would lean towards activating him today. Maybe not in the most shallow leagues, but I wouldn't in most cases. And the minute he starts getting hot, I would 
I would deal him away. I think you'd probably agree with that. I just don't like dealing with the headache. I mean, he's a player who does miss time consistently. Maybe it's because of, you know, the whole all-out play in center field. I don't know. But it's just, it's kind of his rep. Is it a negative connotation, though, to say, like, you have to trade him away before he gets hurt again? Or is it just realistic with him? It's simply realistic. I'm not trying to be the pessimist that next week he's going to be back on the injured list. That's not the point. The point is that a player like this builds the perception over the first month of remember what he did in April over that first month that he is a a potential MVP candidate. And we get too excited and we've heard it every year. I have probably fueled as much of that as anybody out there in the industry. And I I've given up. The guy is who he is. He can't stay healthy. That's the simple fact of the matter. Maeda, we should probably talk a little Maeda. The only concern I have about Maeda this week, it's an at Seattle and at Texas matchup. So those are two very favorable matchups is, does he perform at 100% and does he have a limited pitch count? I've graded him to start without a doubt for this week. I I think he's a very good two-start option. I would agree with that. Um, This is a big week for Minnesota, and we will see what happens with that. Um, Looking at the most added drop list, I don't see anything we want to talk about. Patrick Wisdom, who got cold predictably, uh, is leading the most added. Not a big weekend. Framer Valdez, there's speculation now Houston when they – Jake Odorizzi's pitching in relief of McCullers either today or tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, As a Luis Garcia investor, I do not want to see him bump to the bullpen a la Christian Javier, but that may happen soon. Which would stink, but yeah. you know what are you going to do? Well, what are they? I I can't imagine Luis Garcia is being pushed to the bullpen. He's pitched so well this season, but and Odorizzi hasn't. Basically, that's a loyalty factor based on Odorizzi's career. But I don't. he he will get pushed to the bullpen at some point. This isn't the time for the Astros to do it because what they're what's ending up here is they're starting a span of schedule that's I believe seventeen. Excuse me, I'm sorry. It's 20 consecutive days without a day off. So they've already by design said they're going to a six-man rotation. The only reason that they're doing it as a five-man the first turn this week is that McCullers isn't going to be able to build up a big pitch count in this game. But they're going with a six-man rotation, and I would presume that's until the July 4th weekend. So you're fine on Garcia. But I wrote this last week. If you have him, this is a prime time to see what you could get for him because I don't think he's going to give you as much in the second half of the season as you expect. Ahmed Rosara, you buying this? Yep. And it's a great week for Cleveland. It's a great week of matchups for Cleveland. I might cash in if I could in a week from now, but uh, I, I think he gives you high-end middle infield standard mixed league numbers. Any concern about Trevor Bauer? That was not a great weekend outing against a bad Rangers offense. Last three starts, 4.74 ERA. I'm not particularly worried. He's still missing bats. But, you know, with all the talk about the spin rates and players mm-hmm. getting caught doing stuff, I mean, you got to you gotta worry a little bit, right? I mean, do you still view Bauer in that top tier of pitchers? I do, but it is – that part of the discussion is very important as it pertains to him. Um, I mean, the, the spin rates have been a very big part of Trevor Bauer's breakthroughs over the past two years. So if those do alter – and I'd have to dig into that over, I'd say, the five-start span that we're going from here forward. So I'd say another two to three starts – I'd be a little worried. Yeah. You know, one of the things was for me, I ranked him as a top five starting pitcher entering the year. And to me, that was a top 25 overall kind of player. If he performs at the level he's been over the past two weeks, he's more of a top 50, 60 overall. There's a pretty significant difference there. Top of the player rate over the past seven days, Starling Marte of Miami, stealing bases, hitting well, power. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, the third baseman, shortstop. He's shortstop for Texas, eligible, short and third. Stole three bases in a weekend game. He's got 15 steals. I love this guy. Uh, And then Max Stasi of L.A., the Angels. He's been hitting cleanup for them for some reason because he's hitting. Mm -hmm. He's become a a top 10 catcher. All it takes is a couple of good weeks. Mm -hmm. What are you doing there? What are you you, you, really adding Max Stasi to your teams? Would you add Max Stasi and dump Gary Sanchez right now on an ESPN standard? No. I mean, I could see that for some people. They're, they're tired of Gary Sanchez. I get it. It's a batting average problem. But Stasi, I just don't see a lot there. I think it's actually a pretty good catcher partnership between the two of them with Kurt Suzuki. <clears throat> uh, Suzuki hits lefties very well. That's a. I mean, he's he's the kind of guy I, I love to have as my number two catcher in the two catcher leagues just because I know exactly what days to use him. Uh, top of the overall player rater, Vlad, number one, obviously, having a monster yeah. season, going to win AL MVP. Tatis, NL MVP, he's number two. I mean, right now, those are the two MVPs, the two juniors, right? Yeah. And Acuna Unbelievable year. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Tatis has missed so much time, and still these numbers, the homers, the steals. What's with the juniors leading the player raider? It's a junior fest. If Otani keeps doing what he's doing and pitches, see, but the Angels are going nowhere. That's the problem. Like he can't win MVP, even if he continues this amazing season pitching and hitting, because Vlad is having an Vlad's having like that Bryce Harper season from like a long time, like five, six. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that's uh, that's well said. Yeah, he kind of is. Otani, I I wonder if he was on a more competitive team and he was doing what he's doing, what would the narrative be today? I'm curious because those numbers are going to make a strong case for MVP status because of what he is providing to his team. He fits the definition of most valuable. I think right now, if Vlad wasn't doing quite what he was doing, Otani would be the AL MVP. Mm -hmm. Like he would obviously win it over like Bo Bichette, Marcus Semien, and you know, Mm -hmm. any pitcher. But Mm -hmm. um, if Vlad keeps doing this, that's just, that's just crazy. Um, Crazy. All right. uh, Time for some combo meals of you. We'll sing it, sir. Hey, it's a gumbo meal. Combo. Combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. These players were making moves earlier this week, and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Mookie Betts had one uh, combo meal, home run and a steal on Thursday. It makes 16 career combo meals. And over that stretch, only four players have more. And I would have guessed... Two of them right away, Trout and Starling Marte. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two I would not have guessed. Maybe you've looked and maybe you haven't, but do you know, know. who? Okay. Yeah, I have. I, I would have. I probably Yelich, I probably would have gotten. I probably would have gotten VR and not okay. Yelich. All right, interesting. But um, I would, that would have been maybe my third or fourth guess. You know, Mookie Betts is, last I looked, I know this is going to anger people, but Mookie versus Alex Verdugo, you know, it's a pretty close race last I looked. Nobody wants to talk about that, that how, you know, Boston, Boston right now is, is on their way to playoffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they, they had to trade Mookie and obviously, you know, nobody wanted them to, but Mookie has an 820 OPS, seven home runs, six steals. Mm-hmm. Alex Verdugo is a nice player. And last I looked, he had better numbers. He has a 798 OPS. So it's down now, but eight home runs and four steals. Nobody would say that Verdugo is a better player in real life or in fantasy. But they're pretty comparable statistically right now. Yeah. Offensively. And, yeah. And by the way, the the bets defensive metrics aren't as, you know, platinum no. glove worthy as they had been during the prime of his career. Uh the defense I always come to with uh Mookie Betts is how a lot of his forgettable or down or disappointing or whatever you want to nitpick with him are a little bad luck influenced. And I wonder whether that's going on to a certain degree this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect him at 253 all season long. You could make the case that this is the right time to trade for Mookie Betts because he's not going to be 253 all season long. He has two homers in his last four games. Um, The other numbers that I, when I look at him, yeah, a little disappointing this season, but Babbitt a little bit depressed, but he's not striking out at all. Walking fine, contact fine. I I looked at his numbers and I'm like, uh, this is a guy who's going to have a better second half than what he's having right now. So you know, you know, maybe he shouldn't have been a top three overall pick, but you know, things are going to get better. So go get him. Yeah. The, the, the worst part about him is just the expected batting average is a career low 264. But I mean, he's got a lot of two seventies on that resume. And as you said, the, the plate discipline metri- metrics are just popping off the page. You know what? I'd probably have to do a deep dive into the quality of the pitches he's seeing in the first place. Uh, other combo meals since our past show, Brandon Lau of Tampa Bay, nice player, not having a nice season, but again, a good time to buy low on him as well. Not a base stealer, but he's got power. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Adam Duvall, Dylan Moore, and the great Vlad Guerrero Jr., who decided mm-hmm. to steal a base the same day he homered. Uh, Dylan Moore yeah. just came off the injury list, I, I believe, that day. Uh, yeah, I think and so. And then uh, Sunday, uh, as Nick uh, tweeted to us, it's a combo meal with Bo Bichette. And uh, and then Jordan Alvarez, who is not yeah. feet of foot and has bad knees, but he decided to steal a base and a blowout win on Sunday over the Twins. Yeah. Bobuchet, very good player, top ten on the player rider for the season. Power, speed, scores a lot of runs. Vlad knocking him in every day. Uh, Alvarez, another fantastic player. Um, so, anything to say about any of these combo meal guys? Yeah, I'm trying to see quickly if I can find the slowest guys to get a combo meal again, like we had in that previous show. That's the first thing I thought of with. Uh, Yeah, he's not way down. He's he's not way down on the list. No, 
But he's he's actually a, below average, but not not in the danger zone. I don't view him as he's not Pulholsian when it comes or Wilson Ramosian. Like he he can run if he wants to. It's just he has such bad knees. You don't want him to be running. <laughs> Remember for this show, it was Dominic Smithian. Right. He used to say, never have another combo meal. And a day, two days later, he tried to get another he combo He tried meal. to get another combo meal. Which to yeah. me is more than half the battle. You know, you say half the battle. I think it's more than half to even attempt another stone base when you are not fast like Dominic Smith. Um, uh, yes. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Let's talk about some of the pitching performances here as I try to navigate a new laptop, which is really weird. Like everything's in a different place. I just got to tell you. Um, Zach, it's a whole routine. Computers have their own new routine. It I was really kind of is. Zach Davies. I was there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I don't think people are aware of what Zach Davies has been doing um, <laughs> over the past like month or so. Nobody wants him because he doesn't strike people out. And truth be told, I was trying to release him in a league where we can't just release players. And I made moves to, to get to that point. And now I don't want to release him. Aren't you, glad, aren't you glad I never gave you that endorsement? Because you were baiting me on show after show. And I was not willing to give you the, yep, dump him endorsement. <laughs> well, I mean, this, so this past week, 12 and two-thirds innings, three hits, which is luck. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he's not missing a ton of bats. But he did miss a, he missed six on Sunday Night Baseball. He's walking two every game. But he's allowed one home run in his last like 10 starts. So mm-hmm. he's keeping the ball down and they let him go six innings or he let himself go by, by being efficient. And, and the score of the game also matters. But now his ERA is down to 401. And you say, oh, who cares, Eric? Well, it was like eight a couple of weeks ago. So that's how you that's how you fix an ERA. That's yeah. why Luis Castillo, you can't even think about getting rid of him. And as a matter of fact, since May... <laughs> I love when I do that. I type in the date and then it reverts to the beginning of the player's career. I had the ERA for you a second ago. Great. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, since May 1st, uh, he has got an a-, a 186 ERA. He has got a 118 whip. Of course, he only has 29 strikeouts in those nine starts. But, you know, I mean. Hmm? That's bad, obviously. But like, but 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 ERA the, matters. ERA and whip matter. Exactly. That's and and I mean, I think we probably would have all noticed what Davies was doing to correct his season if he had more than three wins in the nine starts. But if you're in, yeah. Also, the other thing is he's not quite a, quite getting to the innings pitch qualification for quality starts. It's a weird turnaround because the ground ball rate isn't elite. The hard contact rate suppressing that is not a lead. As a matter of fact, he's not been all that special about it. So I lean towards him being fluky. Are you, do do you think this continues or anything close to this? Or do you think that he's going to blow up? No, I don't think he's going to blow up. I think he kind of is what he is. And we, if we expected say like a 350 ERA with a 120 whip, that's what he should Mm -hmm. do the rest of the season. Um, So he's a guy where you look at his trend, you look at his recent trend and not his first month. But how do you know when a pitcher is doing so poorly? Like we know to keep Luis Castillo, so yeah. many people have given up on Patrick Corbin, who's a two-star guy this week. How do you know when to give up on a pitcher? Like Kyle Hendricks yeah. has won six consecutive starts now. I'm glad yeah. I kept him around, you know? Yeah, I mean, Hendricks is a little different, though. I mean, we think much more of him than we do of a player like Davies. I mean, so I, I mentioned the ERA, 353 fit for Davies during since May 1st. That's serviceable. It's it's perfectly serviceable. And that's the right way I think I would evaluate him going forward, is that if he does regress to the mean here, that's the mean. That's not that bad. Uh, if it's a player like Castillo has elite stuff, great changeup. We talk about the balance between that and this fastball. You got to keep him around just based on those pure skills. If he was losing two miles per hour off his fastball, I'd be more apt to let him go. Those are the things I'm trying to find. If something changed, especially fastball velocity, if the spin rate just tanks, then I'd be concerned. If they're getting hit by bad teams, then I'd be concerned. That's why you brought up Bauer earlier in the show. So what are you doing with Alex Wood, who still has fantastic numbers for the season, but in his past two starts, he has thrown a total of nine innings, allowed 11 earned runs, and struck Mm -hmm. out four. He was a six or seven strikeout guy every outing until last week, where he got Mm -hmm. lit up. Now he's a two-start guy this week with nice numbers, and you know it's a home start against Arizona, and they're awful on the road. They have one road win in the road in like a month and a half, but Mm -hmm. is is a guy in my league who's trying to pedal Alex Wood. Nobody's biting on that, and mm-hmm. nobody would because last week was so bad. Do you, do you pun, inten- pun intended or unintended? <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't mean that, but like you know what I mean. Like it's like yeah. when a guy is, is is overachieving, and then you wait like one or two starts too long to trade him away. Mm-hmm. It's too late already. Nobody wants yep. them. Yep. I'm not a big Alex Wood believer, and it's more because of the durability. 
the recent. Well, what do you do about the numbers, though? Like, pretend yeah. he stays healthy, okay? Let's hope yeah, but, he stays but, healthy. But I don't – that's the point is I don't think you can assume that in this case, that that maybe those two outings showed that the, that fatigue could be coming a little bit into play here. I'm trying to – So like Michael, Michael, Michael Pineda, losses. who has a forearm strain, yes. last three outings, he had four strikeouts. Over three outings covering like 12 innings. But, he, but he's been Something dealing with injuries within those outings each of those times. So that explains a little bit of, of the downturn. And I'm very concerned about Pineda. As a guy who has Pineda in that points league I mentioned, I am very concerned about Michael Pineda. Alex Wood, 91.1 uh, with the fastball velocity. And the two starts ago, 91.5. That's down a little bit from what he was before that. So is fatigue coming into play here? Not throwing the slider as much. He threw it 8% of the time, low season low last outing. Uh, it's two home starts, as you mentioned, that's favorable because of the ballpark. Arizona, good matchup. Then he plays a really mean team at home that I just don't like very much after this weekend. I can't believe that horrible, horrible team that you root for that he has to face in start number two. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you're angry because your Yankees got swept in a two-gamer by the Phillies. Clobbered. But I, I wouldn't read too much into that. The Phillies aren't good. Yankees are you know the story here is the Yankees aren't good. You know, I didn't yeah. realize I don't watch you know, I don't choose to watch Yankees baseball. I watch whatever's on or whatever I feel like or pitching matchups. I, I, I but DJ LeMayu, man, that's not what you signed up for. And you know, we we rip Glaber Torres every chance we get. We never rip DJ LeMayu. Not we. I'm not riding that bus with you. But you need to, because other than he homered off Hector Neris, which isn't you know terribly difficult. But the fact is, Dylan Mayhew is having a terrible season. I know. And I looked at his numbers and didn't see any reason to believe that's going to turn around. He's taking walks and scoring runs, but no power, no speed. 261 batting average, slugging. You got your number one and three hitters slugging like 350. Tristan, that's yeah. hard to. It's hard to, to be a good baseball team yeah. when you're the Yankees and you've got problems in your rotation. And then two of your top three hitters, not Judge or Stanton, are not slugging at all. Yeah, yeah. LeMahieu spent a little bit unlucky, and as I suspected, checking the Statcast numbers, line drive rates down. That's all that's killing it. He's got to square up the ball a little bit better. I, I don't think that's something that corrects overnight, however, and I am concerned about it. And just there's a team wide funk going on here. I've watched. I mean, you know, I've been watching for three, four weeks of, and and just they're driving me crazy every night. This team is just a mess. And then they lose Luis Severino. So the rotation that's fallen apart now over the past week, the guy they were going to get back in a month. Now I, now he's in the same boat as guys like Noah Syndergaard. I mean. I wouldn't even bother Russ stashing Severino in an ESPN standard, would you? Well, not now. He's out at least six more weeks. And then he's got to build up. I, I, yeah. I don't. So ESPN has uh, Cubs Mets tonight. Jake Arrieta, who you don't want. Well, once in a while, he pitches well, but you don't want him. David Peterson's been terrible. Um, a lot of interesting guys. Alec Manoa is his third start. It's at Fenway. No. Nope. And it has nothing to do with Jackson Coar. It has to do with Alec Manoa facing Boston. <laughs> Just a bad matchup. That's but bad. everybody added Vladimir Gutierrez of the Reds this week. Two starts. First one at Milwaukee. Are you adding Vladimir Gutierrez? So the second's at San Diego. That's not a great matchup either. This is simple volume chasing. And in leagues where there's a heavy weight on just giving you innings and strikeouts, okay, I'll sign up. But mm, not excited. Are you? Nope. Not yet. I watched his outing last week and I was like, okay, but you, you, know. you are chasing volume. If you're, you're chasing, starting. Exactly. Years. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. I mean, I think Mike Miner's a two-star guy. I like him better. First ones at Detroit versus he Detroit. Is not They're their five man rotation and they have an off day Thursday. Unfortunately. Right, so he'll be a two-star the week after, you know, you can pick up guys for the week after too. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Miner yep. did great. Mike Miner did great this weekend. It was they, at the, Detroit game, the Detroit matchups, a good one. So it's worth it. Even for the one you, you activating McCullers for the week. He's, Facing Kyle Gibson, who has been very good. So we have to assume Houston's not scoring like five runs off him. Uh, that I assume. But like McCullers, is he going five innings? First start off with the L? Yeah, so so he's making the two starts based on what we said before. He's going to have home Texas, home Chicago White Sox, and you want the right-handed side against the White Sox. Plus the Ks coming into the equation is good. So I'd start him just based on that. I'm guessing it's 65 pitches or so for this outing. Maybe it's less than that, but the next one goes up into the 80s. I'd give him an okay, but I don't know that in a daily context he's going to give you a lot here. If they have Jake Odorizzi coming in as a piggyback, you can't expect him throwing more than, say, three innings and then Odorizzi going three or four himself. By the way, Mike Miner has at least seven strikeouts and six of his past seven starts. He's a lot better than people realize. Oh, yeah. Um, is is Julio Orius is 9-2. and two. 
Mm-hmm. But the ERA is not great. 356. Mm-hmm. And yep. he's been a little bit fortunate. He's getting wins because he's on a good team. Now, he could end up with 20 wins in a 350 ERA and win the Cy Young that way. But Julio Ores, is he as good as we think? Or is it time to kind of try to trade him away? Especially if he's on an innings cap. Yeah, it's the innings cap, which is why I would... I'd at least put some feelers out there. Um, I, I still think he's an excellent pitcher. I just think he is going to, he's going to be one of the pitchers who most closely has his uh, workload monitored the rest of the year. Fair enough. And then looking at the other schedule, that was uh Tuesday's schedule. ESPN has Cubs Mets again, Taiwan Walker and Alec Mills, Taiwan Walker. I'm still only like 50, 50 in on Taiwan Walker. Are you more than that? I, I'm about the same in this case, just because it's Cubs and then at Nationals as a two-start situation. And I think he's very likely to make those two because of the extra game with the doubleheader. I, I'd give him a go. I'd start him. Wednesday, lots of day action. So get your daily lineups in early there. Looks like half the schedule is during the day. But at nighttime, Boston and Atlanta, Garrett Richards and Ian Anderson. Love Garrett Richards. He was interviewed after his last start and said something like, I'm 30. I'm not going to the Hall of Fame. I just want my team to win. I said that after every softball game, you know, but like, I just think it's like Garrett Richards. You, you say you're 27 after each softball, softball game, not 30, 29. 29. Yes. Okay. Correct here. Um, yes. but that's an interesting add-in between two pitchers. I, you know, Ian Anderson, I like, uh, he's pitched well this season, a good K rate Garrett Richards. I haven't been in on him, but I mean, obviously Boston's lineup better than Atlanta's right now, especially with Freeman not hitting. So what are you doing here? Are you using Richards? My instinct is no, I, I just feel like it's a below average. I mean, it's below, as a matter of fact, below average on the talent grade, below average on the matchup grade. And it's actually right in the middle in terms of ballpark grade. I, I lean to no there. I could see you making the case, but I, I'd sit him. Blake Snow at Coors, sit him. Hey, I got to raise that point now. We, we mentioned this on Thursday's show. Both of those teams going to Coors this week now move their better starters into the Coors matchups because Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers also has been thrown into the Coors series. So you got Snell there now and Woodruff, and they weren't supposed to, and I am not happy about it in either case. Well, I I don't have any shares of Snell. I I never would have done that. And his last outing, he pitched well for like the first four innings, and then the fifth, he couldn't get an out. But I I have Woodruff, and that's his only start now. It's Coors. I don't don't sit him. I don't sit a guy like that. Of course Uh, not. But, but I mean, if you're in a weekly league yeah. and it's a weekly lineup and it's a head-to-head, that stinks. It does stink. You have every reason to be angry, sir. Every reason. You should protest. <laughs> you should call a team. All I can say is I still won my matchup in the family league last week when I was reminded that I had no two-start pitchers. I mean, I barely eked out the win. But... This is a, a four-team league with your family? The six-team with the family, yeah. Six-team, yes, okay. Um, <laughs> anything else for Wednesday that we have to watch here? Anthony Scofani coming off a monster outing, gets Arizona at home. That's a can't miss. I mean, I don't know what the price will be in DFS, but I want it, <laughs> right? I mean, like, that's what yeah. you want. Um, yeah yeah i kind of glossed over this dylan bundy is this going to get better or do you just give up now is this patrick corbin this is the right-handed patrick corbin just enough oh my gosh it might be oh and and we should have seen this well you know i provided the warning about the fastball velocity situation with bundy that has been a problem now for two years and now all the other pitches have collapsed all the changes he made in spring training seem out the window i I guess we give up. Yeah. Wednesday, by the way, Tariq Screwball at KC, 43 strikeouts in his past five starts, over 27 innings. That's a major strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. And there's some aces going also for DFS purposes on Wednesday. Garrett Cole, Toronto, which is a tough matchup. Clayton mm-hmm. Kershaw versus Philly, not so much. You Darvish at Coors. You, you can't <laughs> use it. And Max Scherzer versus Pittsburgh, assuming Max Scherzer is facing Pittsburgh. The two um, guys who got hurt who have questions about it do both pitch that day. In addition to Scherzer, Jacob deGrom also has that start. So it's an interesting day in DFS. Do you ever like choose a guy at Denver, assuming that nobody else will go against the grain? Yeah, it, it's usually when the slate is light. In other words, you've got a lot more of the games during the day, or it's one of those days where a lot of teams are off. And if I think the pricing is particularly good compared to everybody else, I don't think that's going to be true on Wednesday. All right, uh, sing us a little closer carousel, please. It's the closer carousel. All right, I'm not going to say his name, but the past couple outings for the Yankee closer, the lefty, have been suboptimal. 
Are you concerned about him? How can I not be after those two outings? They were that ugly. But, but he was great hard. before that. He was like, great up to that point. I didn't see lesser velocity out of him. Nope. Uh, just no location in that one that Minnesota game. <laughs> the Minnesota game, he gave up consecutive two run homers, and then the Phillies somehow scored off him. Um, it was ugly after the Phillies blew the lead on the yeah. On the I don't. Homer. Do, where, what's your perspective on the extra inning blowups? I I'm more forgiving about the whole runner on second situation with pitchers. I am too. I am too. He didn't look particularly bad to me. That's the right. thing about the outing. Um, but so but what are you going to do here? I mean, there's five closers you can really count on. He's one of them. So I wouldn't worry too much. I mean, there's other guys here. I mean, Kimbrough looked great this weekend. He looked great. Mm-hmm. I got to admit it. He looks fantastic. He's yeah, not walking he people. His command is on. He is, he is tuned in. He's an all-star right now. The way Kimbrough is pitching, I don't even think I sell and try to trade him away in fantasy. He just he looks terrific. An all-star. The whole bullpen. Tapera, like Chafin, they all look good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Uh, Canley Jansen wiggled out of a bad one on Sunday against Texas, but he got out of it. Yep. Um, Hader pitched all three days this weekend. Yep. You don't see that too often. And Brent Suter won his eighth game. He now leads all relievers and wins with eight. Brent Suter yeah. has eight wins. I, I'm not shocked by that. There's a little he's the National League's use Mero Petit. That there's a little of that going on. Uh, I, I wish somebody had written that last week. <laughs> uh, what else? Is there anything else here? There, Kendall Graveman came back uh, from his uh, COVID stint, and I think he's allowed runs in each of his two outings. So I did not activate him in a weekly league where I need saves. Mm-hmm. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mm, seven games home pretty decent matchups. I think I'd probably lean to yes start, but I could see you having better options. I mean, Rafael Montero not being one of the better options, by the way. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, I you got to lean towards Graveman being the guy if they've got games. I think it's Middleton. Here. I think Middleton's their guy. Actually. Middleton's, did they bring him back? I thought he was their closer. No, he was demoted. He Keenan the Middleton binder. got demoted? Oh, yes. Oh, you're right, he was. I yeah. Even noticed Which, by the way, just, and this Why? I have no idea. Well, that made a couple outings. no sense. I missed that. Man, I stink. Um, okay, so he did get demoted. He had a couple bad outings last week, but man, that's what seems I like- know, right? Like that was completely unexpected. That's that he was, was uh... getting saves. Yeah. Yeah. That's a strange one. How how quick the tides turn with them. I mean, I <laughs> Well, then obviously he's not getting saves this week. <laughs> I think it's time for me to stop talking. Kyle, time for you to start talking. <laughs> I got you covered. We got trivia. There's 10 players with at least 45 RBI this season, but only two have a BABIP under 280. So who's unlucky but still knocking in a bunch of runs? We will get to that answer after a handful of hash browns here. Preston wants to know how you value Jazz Chisholm over the next handful of seasons. What's the average stat line he's looking for? Oh, man. <laughs> don't you up. love doing don't you love doing averages for the highly variable players it's fun see the thing that the problem here is that i could see jazz chisholm this season batting his current 278 with 20 homers 20 steals and 80 runs and i could also see him batting 228 the rest of the season and doing nothing and getting demoted i have no idea what jazz chisholm it's a high strikeout rate he, he doesn't take walks but he's fun he has some pop against right-handers and he can certainly steal bases. This could be a fantastic – well, it can't be Mondesi. But I'm seeing something about – like there's a Mondesi stat angle here to make, Tristan, because of the low walk rate. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, he fancies himself a power hitter but may not be. So – and there's no reason to think there's a, the health is a, is a, uh, a you know common denominator. But if you gave Chisholm next season 600 PAs, 20 to 25 homers, 20, 25 steals. Like this is Starling Marte light. Kind of. Yeah. That Starling Marte, I think is the better comp. Um, I just did that cause he bats left-handed, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's yeah, a cop yeah. here to steal 30 bases with 20 home runs, which is what Marte can do. Yeah. And I, I think if I'm going to go heavy in one direction, it's going to be steals. I would say it's a 15 homer, 30 steal path. The the problem I have with players like this is, the barrel rate he has. So when he squares the ball up, I mean, we saw this with the Jacob deGrom home run where he hit it into the upper deck at City Field. 
he he's got immense power and his speed grade is among some of the best in all of baseball, but he doesn't get a lot of hard contact. I think that's at the 38% range or something like that, which is if at best league av- league average. I'll say it's five years. I'll say he bats two, he bats 255, he hits 19 homers, he steals 26 bases on average. And by the way, he's hitting lefties just as well as righties. In fact, they lead him off against lefties. They lead him off against everybody, which they should. And his numbers right now are better against lefties than right-handers. So this is somewhat Babbitt-fueled in batting average. He's not a 280 hitter. He's more like a 250 hitter. Yeah. But um, looking at he his other numbers. He might be a hitter. He might, he might be. It's a 63% contact rate. I mean, that's not Snow-like, but that's low. Yeah. He might be like Max Kepler with more speed. Because he, well, he doesn't walk, so that's bad. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, actually, contact no, I, I rate gonna, is. Yeah. I was going to say that Max Kepler is more natural parent. I'm like, wait a minute. No, I keep talking about how overrated I think he is. By the way, Zips and Steamer hate him for batting average. 215 and 219 for the rest of the year. Chisholm or Kepler? Chisholm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't, I don't I, I'd say more like 240, but okay. Next. Next up is Gary. He wants to know what you make of Jesus Lazardo, both for the rest of the season and moving forward. Former top 100 overall pick in MLB draft. Uh, let me just make sure he wasn't demoted since I last looked. Um, <laughs> I Hey, that that move was going to sneak by a lot of people, okay? <laughs> and I've had that too. <laughs> I mean, I know he's pitching in relief, and I know he had a bad week, and I saw one of the box scores against the Royals where he gave up. He's given – oh, my goodness. He's given – he's pitched in relief the last three outings and given up four home runs in that span. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. not missing bats. Yeah. He, I don't even keep him now. I yeah. mean, he's not he's not starting, which is the first problem. Man, yeah. what has happened to the Jesus Lazardo? He's gonna uh, he's gonna have to get demoted if he keeps doing this because they they can't use him out of the bullpen. Right. There's, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm. There's no loss really in velocity. I don't see. I mean, the only significant shift I see in terms of the pitch approach is his fastball is getting hammered. Which means I think it's got to be either a command thing or maybe he's tipping pitches. I, he's, I still think he's got a great career ahead, but he's nowhere close to being useful in fantasy right now. No, you can't keep him around in an ESPN standard. Obviously, keep him around to keep her a dynasty and hope yeah. or bench him if you can. Yeah. But um, and on a three man bench in ESPN leagues, no, I would move on. He's a one pitch pitcher right now. Man, that's he's got the slider. That's it. I mean, he would not be among my top 10 biggest disappointments of the season, but like he'd be close because like, you know, he wasn't drafted in the first 10 rounds, but a lot of people really liked him a lot. And this, <laughs> Tristan's hand is raised and it should be like, I I thought he was going to be good. I probably ranked him around number 30 starting pitcher right now. He shouldn't be ranked at all. Hmm. Statcast says his expected ERA is 413. It was 427 last year. Uh Fastball, by the way, I can't buy low. I can't buy low. Fastball's allowed a 327 batting average and a 434 weighted on base. That's bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eric chimed in. He wants a Marcus Stroman name game for the rest of the season. Oh, my. Well, I mean, you can just look at Tristan's rankings for name game stuff. We don't really uh, – do you want to sing a name game? I don't know even how you would do the old name game stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. Stroman's really good. Of drops. Yeah. I mean, I know why people avoided Stroman and draft. Doodly diddly. <laughs> doodly diddly. Hidly hodly. Those drops are like 10 years old, right? Hey, diddle diddle. What was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a dilly of a pickle. Uh, Stroman. Hmm. I have him in an important league, and I love what he's doing, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this is not because of Babip. He is, and he's not spinning the ball all that high. Like this is not a guy. This is not a guy who's cheating. Okay, let's put it that way. <laughs> a lot of guys who are right now. I don't think Marcus Stroman is one of them. Every outing is six innings, every single one. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, he strikes out seven or eight. You know, he's still. I had a four walk outing, I think, recently, but he's keeping the ball in the park. I like Marcus. Marcus Stroman probably of he finished last his last full season, 2019, with a 3.22 ERA, but a high WHIP because he gave up a lot of hits. I think he's going to have the 3.22 ERA with the lower WHIP now. It's all National League, you know. He can strike out pitchers. I like it. He's pretty underrated. I, I think Marcus Stroman. You can make a case for a top 30 starting pitcher. Marcus Stroman or, or Jose Barrios rest of the year. 
I think you can make a case for Strowman, even with a lower strikeout rate. I think you can make that case. I, I will still ride with Barrios based on the natural stuff. I think there is more swing and miss to Barrios' game. Well, there obviously is. Strowman's never going to strike out 200 in a season. But I'm just saying, Marcus Strowman is getting a lot of soft contact. And as long as he keeps control of the walks and the home runs, I, I think he's a... He is, but but at the same time, all the StatCast things say he's not doing it at an elite level. He's doing it, but he's not... I, I think I'd need to see it be elite. You know, like the Kyle Hendricks mastery of minimizing hard contact. It's a 413 expected ERA. Yeah, his FIP, is, his FIP here is that I'm looking at is 353. Some bad of luck. But I'm not expecting a 232 ERA the rest of the year. I'm expecting a 322 ERA. You know what this would be? It would be Hendricks is at the top of this tier, this type of player. Strollman's probably the next in there, and then Davies is below them. They're probably about even from each other. I think that's fair. But you got to roster him everywhere. And if you trade for him, just don't expect this little hour of an ERA. Expect something like uh, low threes. You can't trade for him now, right? You'd have to only trade him away at this point for right now, given the price you'd have to pay. It depends. I mean, nobody thinks he's going to finish with an ERA this low. Right. But yeah. I mean, That's like nobody's trading yeah. for Zach Davies. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, I didn't even right. throw him out there in my league and say, hey, anybody wants Zach Davies? I'd get laughed at. And by the way, I, would... I can throw anybody out in a trade in that league and nobody's going to answer me. Because I don't know if you have the same problem, Tristan, but in a couple of my leagues that aren't expert leagues, as soon as I say, hey, anybody want the Hector Neris? Yeah. You know something I, we don't. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, everybody runs. Yeah. So I can't trade that way. I can't say, does anybody, I have to go directly to an owner, a manager in the league and say, hey, do you want to upgrade? Do you want a closer for a hitter? And that yeah. that's how I would move Neris. But like, I can't do that in that league. And I'm not trying to be a jerk about it either. I mean, there's nice guys in that league. I've known them forever. But they're not... As soon as I say, does anybody want yeah. this player? Uh, if I already wants- know something. He knows something. <laughs> as soon as I say, do you want Christian Yelich? Oh, his back must be hurt and they're not reporting it. So you work for ESPN. You know that. Well, that's why I can't do that, you know? <laughs> but, like, in the expert leagues, you can you can get away with stuff like that. But you generally don't. Like, Strowman just got traded in Tout NL, actually. It was Strowman and another guy for Edwin Diaz. I should check. So that's fair. Starting pitcher for reliever. You never see challenge trades. You never see say, say anybody trading Strowman for Jose Barrios, which is the point I was making five minutes ago. Like that, that'd be an, a fair trade, equitable trade. I believe this guy can keep it going. I believe the other guy won't. Strowman like, and Gonsolin. It was uh, Marcus Strowman and Tony Gonsolin for Edwin Diaz. All right. It's interesting stuff. What's By that? the way, would you trade him for Dylan C? Strowman or C's? I, I mean, Strowman's going to have the better ear and whip. Ceases the strikeout guy. So what would you rather both on first place teams? I would actually rather have Strowman. Really? You would you're gonna take Cease because of the camera. I would too. I I'm gonna take Cease, but you know where where I think that I'm gonna lose that is innings. I think it could be wide. I don't think Dylan Cease is getting shut down at all because Chicago and their manager, they are not putting anybody on innings limits. They don't believe in them. And and that's why I'll go ahead and roll the dice here. But it could that could go sour. Dylan Cease could be terrible in September because he's tired and his manager wouldn't even notice. That's what I could see happening. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but you know that's going to happen. I get it. I get it. Let's move on while I have. <laughs> Can I ask time. you a question based on that question though? Sure. Cease is the strikeout guy. Stroman's the ratio guy. If, but. Strowman doesn't have a ton of strikeout upside, whereas in theory, you would think a strikeout pitcher could have ratio upside, no? He's he's like Kyle Hendricks. I mean, Strowman, Strowman never used to be a ratio guy, right. right? I mean, his whip was never that good. And all of a sudden, now it is. And you could say, well, why is that? Is he getting lucky? I don't know. I, I, I look at Dylan Cease. It's American League, for one, even in a great division. You know, I just, he's never done this before. And Strowman missed all last year, but Cease, what, what's the most innings Cease has even had in a season? He, in ever even career? got? He's never gotten to 150, right? He has gotten 141 and a third in 2019, and that was the career high. He had 124 in 2018. That's and as, it. Those and as good as Cease has been this season, and he has, it's still a 128 whip. Which is now pe- great. people are going to ask what I'm saying about the innings that Strowman not playing in 2020. Are there concerns about workload there? I don't think there so. There aren't. There aren't. He's I also don't think. I don't fine. think he has a very taxing delivery either. So the Mets are going to give him full 
By the way, Kyle, to your to your point about the strikeout gets whip upside, Scott Casimir. No, I'm not saying it's flawless. Blake Snell. Blake Snell is a terrible whip guy. With there the you strikeouts. go. Same. That's the modern version of it. Yeah. I'm just saying that a strikeout guy could, in theory, pick up ratios, whereas a ratio guy is probably never going to strike out a ton of people. If they're not proven as wild, I see your point. Yeah, it's, it's just a range of outcomes kind of thing. Last question comes from show, longtime listener of the podcast. He wants to know if he can cut Hoskins or Will Myers. He's on a roster crunch and is going to have to get rid of one of them. If he, if you had to choose, which one are you cutting? And didn't you just know that Will Myers was not going to do this? Like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, would do what he did last year again? Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to me how he... Don't let him year, hear you say that. Don't let him hear you say that. Pretty sure he doesn't listen. Um, and, the, <laughs> you know, the alarming thing about Will Myers this season to me is four caught stealings, which means he's going to stop running. He's uh-huh. four out of eight. He's not stealing 16 bases. He didn't run last year either, but totally different. Like from year to year, you never know. What to, basically last year was at the aberrant season. That's the only season in Will Myers career. He has an 800 OPS and he's 30 now. He's just average again. That said, I mean, Reese Hoskins still is not walking. So for like points, league, I don't know if it's a roto or a points league this guy's talking about, but yeah. Reese Hoskins walk rate is you know, in the toilet right now, 316 on base percentage. He was never going to win a batting title to start with. Reese Hoskins ends up with 28 to 30 home runs. Will Myers does not. And Will Myers ain't running. So I'd keep Hoskins here. I would too. And if he does recapture any of the walks, as you mentioned, he is doing quite a bit better in terms of the extra base hits. Um, <laughs> having had to redo the Padres lineup projection and the forecasters countless times, probably more than any other team up to this point, I've seen exactly what Will Myers is doing. And the one positive I can say for him is maybe he's got a Tommy Pham hot spell in him because Pham's been unexpectedly great now up in the leadoff spot at times over the past three weeks or so. The maybe other is- Myers has that. Myers could lose playing time very easily, and Hoskins right. can't. They'll right. never sit Hoskins ever. Right. But the, the Myers, they can. Right. The swing in the Padres lineup, based on who they have personnel, creates a problem for Myers. He, And if you let him go, you might have to pick him up later if he gets one of those hot spells. But I, I agree. Yeah, it's him. All right, then we'll pay off trivia. I want to know who are the unlucky guys that are still knocking in a lot of runs. Two guys, top 10 in RBI. But under a 280 Babbitt this season, can you name them? I my first <laughs> guess was Otani. Otani does not make the list. He's at a 317 Babbitt, but he is 10th in RBI. So he makes that list, but too fortunate with the Babbitt. Because his batting average is so low, I thought maybe it was without looking depressed in that way. My second guess was Jesus Aguilar. Who is one of the right answers. So you wow. got one out of two. Because I have him in, in labor, and I know he's got a ton of RBI. and he's I low. second in baseball, 49. Only Vlad has more. Jazz. Wow. Jazz gets on base. Marte, yeah. like it's an interesting lineup, you know, at the top at least. Yeah, I mean, I'm winning labor now somehow. I made no move. Really? You're in first? I made no nice. move. I'm not going to win. I, I love mean, the no move part of it. I, I, I mean, all my hitter, half my hitters got hurt, and only one, the Atlanta outfielder, who, who we will not name, is out for a, a while. But – no, I I replaced none of them. I have spent no money. I have a hundred fab dollars for a guy, guy coming over from the AL. I know Steve's listening. I haven't made any moves. I haven't paid that much attention because I didn't think I had a great team. But I made no, literally no pitching moves until this week when Sonny Gray went on the injured list, and I just moved Tyler Anderson in. But um, yeah, I mean, I have Aguilar there. I know he's not going to runs. You know, it's two seventy five. You know, twenty eight and a hundred. He's going to knock in hundred runs, Aguilar. Trying to think of the other guy now. All right, so I'm having a hard time just thinking of who could have gotten to that RBI level. I don't pay attention while... that much to RBI. To be honest. Yeah, like I'm going to be guessing a guy who has 36 RBI. That's. Uh... I mean, it can't be Vlad. His his you know, Babbitt has to be 400. That was 344. There's only two outfielders even on the list, and this is one of them. Only well, when I was doing. When I was writing up the twin story today, I'm going to name a guy and you're going to think I cheated, but I didn't. When I was looking up the t- the numbers today, Miguel Sano has a fly ball rate of like 55%, yeah. which I thought had to be leading the league, but it's not. The guy leading the league in fly ball percentage is Tampa's Austin Meadows. And I'm thinking that's a guy with a lot, a lot of power who's batting like 210. 
I don't Dawson think he's got, the RBIs. he's got a lot of RBIs. He's fifth in RBI, 265 Babbitt. Mr. Caramel pulls one out of yeah. freaking nowhere. Yeah, that's the other guy. Jeez. Yeah, and Bennett. the only reason I found that out is because an hour ago when I was looking up bad twins, I saw okay. the fly ball rate. So wow. I would never have guessed he got 45 RBIs. The Babbitt, yeah. That, yeah, that, those, RBI. What's those Meadows easy homers in Yankee Stadium. Meadows is not hitting like 250. No, no, he's hitting 233. Yeah. So that's obviously a depressed Babbitt there because he's better than that. But yeah, I knew Meadows had the RBI, and then when I saw the fly ball rate in the wow. Sano piece, it's just you can't have a fly ball rate of 55 percent for six monstrous. And like yeah. Meadows can't keep doing this. Sano can't. Sano maybe can keep doing this, right? I mean, he's so no could keep doing out. this, but he's going to bat 190 if he does that. That's just the path for these types. So is Austin have... Meadows the, the lefty hitting Sano now? No, fly ball? no, no. He's, there's no way. That's the Ryan Schimpf problem. If you don't put up 100 mile per hour top shelf exit velocity, you can't sustain it. You can't. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, I, that's, that's a low batting average, though, with a ton of strikeouts. Austin Meadows has to be among the leaders in strikeouts, if not leading right now. By the way, Otani's, not, Otani's right up there. Otani has a ton of strikeouts as a hitter. I mean, I don't think he's leading the league. I think he's in the top – might be in the top oh, – oh, let me look it up. So, I, I, Wow, Javier Baez has 85 strikeouts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Matt Chapman's not going to be much fun in Sim next year. No, I think Matt Chapman was one I was thinking of, but I didn't think he had the RBI either. No, I was going to guess Abreu. I know he has the RBI. Um, I don't know what his BABIP is. Um, I was thinking of the Baltimore guy who came back from uh, the cancer, um, whose name is... Oh, Trey Mancini. Mancini has the RBI because, you know, because the guy Mullins gets on base. Because Mullins is on, yeah. So I knew Mancini, but I don't know what his BABIP is. You assume Mancini hits about 270. Anyway, we're running out of time on today's show because lots of things are beeping on, on everybody's computers. So... Thank you so much for listening to Fantasy Focus Baseball. And we hope you had a little bit of fun. That's what we're here for, a little bit of fun in fantasy baseball. And tune into the Baseball Tonight podcast each morning for a recap of what you may have missed and insight from those closest to the game. Buster, our friend Davey Schoenfield, and lots of other fun people. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. For Tristan Happy Cockroft and Kyle Awesome Soppy, I am merely Eric. Have an awesome week.